You're listening to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast with your host, Letitia Ringe, and this is episode number three. Hello, beautiful people. It's Letitia here, and welcome to another episode of the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast, a podcast designed to inspire, empower, and support you on the journey of uncovering your truth and purpose in the world. So, I am super excited to share today's interview with my friend, the wonderful Lauren Barber. Lauren is a female empowerment coach, business mentor, yoga teacher, and well-being expert supporting creators as they rise. Lauren believes for herself and her clients that anything is possible. And like me, she values fun, freedom, and fulfillment, which shapes her personal and business why. I was first introduced to Lauren about three months ago when I went to a workshop she led at the Goddess Space in London for running a soulful business. Since then, we have become friends, and I have so enjoyed following Lauren, being inspired by her wonderful Instagram posts, and in her amazing Facebook group, The Creative Soul Tribe, which is a space facilitated by Lauren for solopreneurs and magical business creators to come together and connect, communicate, and collaborate. I've loved following her journey, and I knew I had to have her on the podcast. Lauren went from working within PR and marketing to moving into the world of life coaching, yoga, and most recently meditation. This episode is jam-packed with wonderful nuggets of wisdom, including how events which seemed awful at the time, like a back injury and diagnosis of PCOS, were a great catalyst for change, the power and benefits of meditation, the wonderful use of yoga for anxiety, why balancing your masculine and feminine energy is so important, how after four years of not having a period, her period returned on a new moon, and her advice for getting started when you have no idea what your interests and passions are. Before we dive into today's interview, one of the things I adore about Lauren is her beautiful writing, so I wanted to share a piece of her writing with you before we dive into our conversation. So here it is. Pathways wind, roads have cracked, there are diversions and pauses, and there will be trips and falls. Sometimes it takes a while to get back on the path and find the strength to keep walking, and other times it's easy to power on up. The only thing you can guarantee is that the path will never stay the same. There will be new cracks formed and sometimes they will get patched up, but sometimes the cracks turn into gaping holes and voids and sometimes we need to fall deep into those places to learn more about ourselves. We can't fear the thought of the cracks appearing. We can't control how the road will weather. We cannot be scared of what we will find along the way. Trying to control the path only leads to turmoil and angst and blockages. We have to make friends with our own path of uncertainty and navigate the changes with kindness, grace and trust. And above all, we mustn't forget to enjoy the variety of views along the way. So beautiful. I love that um, piece of writing so much. After you listen to this episode, if you haven't left a review yet on iTunes or Stitcher, please make sure you subscribe and leave your review so that other people like you can find it and unlock their truth and purpose as well. Now let's dive in to the episode. Welcome Lauren to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. As you know, the purpose of this podcast is to share some of the stories of the amazing people I have met along my own journey who have created a life that they love, enjoy, and are inspired by. And um, that's what I regard as a life that is truly beautiful. And Lauren is certainly someone who falls within that category. I met her about three months ago, I think it was. Uh, when she was running a soulful business workshop at the goddess space. And since then we've become friends, particularly on Instagram and Facebook. I am a member of Lawrence creative soul tribe group. Um, 
And so I wanted to ask Lauren here today to share with us her story of how she got to be doing the work that she does today. So Lauren, welcome. And how about in your own words, you let our listeners know um, who you are and what you do in the world today? Thank you so much for inviting me on here. It's um, it's really it's a real honour to to be to be on your podcast. Um, so who am I and what do I do? Um, okay, so I am Lauren. Um, I am, I spent a long time doing um, PR and marketing, my own PR and marketing business. Um, and then around five years ago, I started to really suffer quite badly with anxiety um, and stress and burnout. And I had um, a lot of hormonal issues and a lot of digestive issues. And it was a real um, point of a turning point, really, um, in which um, prompted me to start looking at creating a slightly more purposeful life. So um, I've. I would say that who who I am is is I'm on a journey. And it's really all about um, an adventure, um, which is yeah, it's it's very it's very up and down. It's like a roller coaster, I would say, um, and it's it's really it's really just all about discovery, self discovery. Um, and in if you look at the practical side of things, what do I do? I'm a yoga teacher. Um, I'm studying at the moment to be a meditation teacher, so I will be qualified in 2018. Um, I am a writer. I am a business coach and a women's coach as well. Um, I facilitate growth and self-healing in other in other people, particularly women. I mean, I don't work exclusively with women, but I tend to work predominantly with women. Um, I've yeah, that's kind of what I do. <laughs> in a nutshell, all the in a, different... In a big nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yes, all the different categories that you fall into, which is actually an interesting topic because we uh, often feel the need to, you know, identify with a certain category. And uh, when we f- spill into a number of them, it can be confusing for our egos at least. <laughs> what is? What have your thoughts been on that? Uh, yes, so I've spent a long time really battling against this question of like, who am I? What um, what do I do? Um, you know, when you go to like a networking meeting and you have to do your sixty second pitch of this is what I am, this is what I do, and and I I literally kind of die inside every time I have to do anything like that, or any time anyone asks me what do I do, because there are so many different elements to what I do. So yeah, the I, the um, the idea of putting myself in a box really doesn't appeal, and I've really battled with that. You know, being able to tell people what I like, who I am, in a sentence, it just doesn't feel right. And it's um, I call myself. I always say like I'm multi passionate, um, or I think there was a TED talk I watched recently, which was about multi potentialites, um, because. I've always liked variety um, and I'm definitely not one thing and I change and evolve all the time and I have fought that change a lot over the years. Um, I've really kind of thought, oh, I'm supposed to be just this one thing and then it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel enough. Um, so, yeah, so I, I I guess my, in the essence of me is, is about self-discovery and that adventure and that journey and there is a lot of components to that but there are lots of different vehicles I use for that so it could be in a yoga class it could be through my writing it could be through marketing and helping other people promote themselves or it could be um, you know creating a meditation for someone to go inwards a little bit more so it's it's so varied and I have no doubt that it will continue to evolve mm-hmm. and I'm I'm sort of done with the fighting of that now. <laughs> you know, I I know I can really feel what you're saying there. That was my struggle for the first 10 years of my adult life. I really felt I had to pick one thing. Just needed to be one thing, and once I had that figured out, you know, everything would just fall into place. But I was also multi-passionate, and I had lots of um 
contrasting interests that didn't fall within the same category at all. But the one constant was this this self-discovery and wanting to keep continually grow. And so when you're someone who wants to keep growing, which I would argue is everyone, <laughs> um, things change and you have to be okay with that. But we come from a society where people were pigeonholed into a particular identity and career and um, where, yeah, with I guess with technology, we're able now to do have multiple careers and multiple careers at the same time. <laughs> so anyway, a bit of a tangent there, but I think that's a really good point for people to not feel the need to have to identify with just one thing or to be able to sum up who they are in an elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. And I think the process of discovering yourself does mean you have to try different things and you and you do some things stick some things don't and it's being it's not being afraid to try and allow that change and that growth um and and not getting too caught up in what other I mean it's so easy to say but in what other people think because that's been my biggest you know I I started off as um wanting to be, you know, I left my PR marketing wanting to work, go into health coaching. Um, and within a few months, I was like, yeah, this isn't it. And I was so, I'd always been that person that knew what the next step was. And for the first time in my life at the age of 30, 30, no, 32, um, I did not know. And it was so terrifying. And it kind of sparked this, this catalyst of, exploring which felt really uncomfortable for me because I'm a bit of a control freak and I've always and I like to know and uncertainty was not something that I was familiar with um and so yeah it, it was it has been such a an emotional roller coaster to juggle those feelings um and worry about people thinking I was fickle oh she's she's doing this now. Oh, she's now doing this. Oh, oh, now she's doing this. There's constant, you know, this, this inner critic is constantly saying, you know, like, oh, what are people going to think about you, Lauren? They're going to think you, you're not serious or you're not professional. Yes, absolutely. Which is, yeah. Which is ridiculous because you're just being you. Uh, a, a wonderful book that I've read recently was Brene Brown's um, Braving the Wilderness, and about which is all about having the power to stand out on your own. And she makes a, a wonderful point about fitting in being the opposite to belonging, because to fit in, you give up parts of yourself. So you're not a true reflection of who you are. And um, actually, that does everyone around you a disservice, because you, when you're in your highest alignment with yourself and your truth, that's when you can contribute um, most to people and be of service to the people around you. So this needing to be able to explain and stick to what we do is just very limiting. And um, it is, I would say, has a lot to do with, yeah, the ego and um, just it, it, this, these are learned fears about being accepted by society. So um, how did you, you mentioned before that um, anxiety and panic attacks were something that you had to overcome. Um, I've, I've also had, um, had to deal with anxiety, especially moving into my transition from going from being a lawyer and knowing that this isn't what I wanted to do anymore to then moving into the unknown. And um, so did, was that a catalyst for your next step on your journey or was it something, was it a byproduct of the uncertainty? Um, it was definitely a catalyst, although, I mean, now looking back on it, it probably was um, a byproduct of me just not honouring my truth. Um, mm. But, yeah, the, the anxiety showed up. Um, in all sorts of different ways, and and I, it was it was hugely down to my perfectionism and my criticism of myself, um, and just a feeling of being completely out of alignment with myself, to be honest. Um, and it 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 sparked um, it sparked change, and I'm so so grateful for the for the lessons that I learned through it. You know, whilst 
during it or I mean I, I still or I, I think I'll always have it's always going to be a part of me anxiety is always I mean we all have an element of anxiety but I'm always going to find that little you know sometimes I do feel very fragile and like I'm on the edge of a panic attack um but I know that that's a big sign to say something's not right Lauren either you're not looking after yourself properly um you've not been nourishing yourself properly you've not rested enough um, or you're not what what you're doing the actions you're taking is not in alignment so I see my anxiety and that stress as a big fat <laughs> sign <laughs> to say something's amiss um, and I'm so so grateful for that now but it definitely it prompted me to start seeking um well, I, I mean, the doctors just wanted to put me on anti-anxiety tablets, which is absolutely fine if that's the path you want to go down. But I was just like, no, this doesn't feel right. I, there has to be another way. So I started to explore nutrition and movement um, to start with and um, just started to learn a little bit more about just simple things like balancing my blood sugar and how that could affect my um, anxiety or, or help me stay on a bit more of an even keel. Um, I started to just, I mean, I, I was, a, I rode horses. I had horses at the time. And so I was quite active, but I wasn't doing anything like strength. I wasn't doing anything other than my riding. Um, so just kind of exploring that was really, it gave me a bit more, it gave me courage to try something new, I think. Um, and that just really spiraled into then doing my, um, health coaching certification, um, starting, I'd, I'd started a couple of blogs. I went and started, joined a new gym and I made some really amazing friends and I, and it kind of all spiraled from there. Um, but the, the slight, um, I think probably the biggest, the biggest transition was, um, about must've been four years ago. Um, I damaged my, a disc in my back, um, at the gym. Um, and, it led me to it led me to some quite destructive patterns to myself in terms of my eating habits, um, but it also led me to yoga. <laughs> um, it led me to you know I couldn't much as I tried to fight it and keep um, keep doing all my strength based exercise which I'd found and really kind of pushing my body really hard. Um, I just couldn't, so I I thought right fine. I surrender. I'm going to go and try yoga. I mean, oh God, it's going to be so boring. All this relaxing stuff. Like I can't do this. I can't stay still. And I went into my first yoga class and it just felt really natural. And I was like, hmm, okay, interesting. And I just like kept going back, kept going back. And very early on, I sort of thought, how cool would it be to teach yoga? And then, and then, and then it went out my mind. I was like, as if you could ever do that, Lauren. <laughs> and then, yeah, gradually I kind of explored it more. Um, and it just led me to other things to explore meditation, to explore a more spiritual side, um, gave me more, it, it kind of opened up so many other things. And, um, yeah, so then at the beginning of 2016, um, when I decided to move away completely from my PR and marketing job and go into health coaching, which then evolved, um, I decided to book to do my yoga teacher training, a month's intensive in Costa Rica. Oh, <laughs> very nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's lovely. So it's so interesting, um, the link as well between with yoga and anxiety and well, because it's just the um, the postures which open you up are wonderful for confidence and for relieving anxiety. Well, that's what I found. My my journey with yoga began with the re the ease and relief I felt going there from the torture that was going on in my head. And um, it's so interesting. I would love to do a yoga teacher training. I think at some point in the future. And the same thing happened to me, that thought about, well, wouldn't it be cool if I could do that? And at the same time thinking, oh, and this is the ego saying, nah, you couldn't do that. But just having that little seed planted, 
is sometimes all you need. It's this, just this little possibility and that's enough to get you started on another journey. Yeah, and it quite often will lead you, you know, it might not lead you where you think you're going to go, but it will lead you somewhere. And I, I would say even, people even said this to me before, you know, even if you don't plan to teach yoga, and actually I didn't plan to teach yoga, um, it's such a voyage of self-discovery to go and immerse yourself in something for a month. Um, it challenges you. It brings up all of your stuff. It takes you to dark places. It takes you to light places. It is such an adventure. Um, and that's why I knew I had to go and uh, go away and do it intensively um, and not do it like on a weekend or whatever. Just for me, that's how it needed to work. And, I'm, and I had no, in, I went into that saying, oh, you know, I'm going to go and do this, but I can't actually be a yoga teacher. I'm not good enough to be a yoga teacher. And about halfway through the course, I was like, I'm going to teach. <laughs> I'm going to go home and teach. And I'd already lined up a class to teach um, before I'd even left Costa Rica, just like a one-off. Because I, I knew that I had to get back, get straight into it. Um, and actually, um, that, you know, as you were saying about yoga, kind of opening up the body. And uh, for me, it's just been a real journey of reconnecting to myself, reconnecting to my body um, and listening to my body and really, really listening. Not just like, oh, I've got an ache, but like, OK, I've got an ache. What's, you know, like going deeper. And that's where that's then led me on to meditation um, and meditation for me, is actually more powerful than yoga asana um, from the physical postures because it's so vulnerable to be in that space, but yet it's so magical. What 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 you by giving yourself that time and I, you know, now I've done my studying for meditation. I, I see, I can see very clearly the scientific benefits and how it makes so much sense that we would I mean I personally don't understand why meditation is not taught to us like brushing our teeth I feel like it should be part of our lives from day one um I just don't I don't I don't really understand why so, like a tool that's actually very very simple I know it's scary at times if you are if you've got a busy mind but I just I feel like Imagine the difference in the world if everybody meditated for five minutes. I know. And even just the understanding that your thoughts are not you. Because that's what's so scary when we have all these fearful thoughts or these thoughts about not being good enough. We actually think that they are us. But meditation, and it, it seems almost counterintuitive by being there still with yourself, listening to all of this and observing it. Um, that it would actually be so empowering. Yeah, it's 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 definitely shifted so much in me. Um, and I was the person four years ago that wanted to leave the room when Shavasana was there. You know, like when when it was relaxation time, I was like squirming because I just could not bear to be on my own with my own thoughts. I was terrified of what was going to come up for me and. The, you know, the prospect of five minutes or even like three, two minutes of stillness and silence was just absolutely terrifying. And I start my meditation practice really started through walking. Um, that's how I, I became more confident to be with my own thoughts um, and to allow, I guess, allow that space and that stillness to start to heal me um in 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 one way or another um so i i completely understand why it's become a really scary practice meditation um there is a lot of connotations around it you know you don't have to be sitting in lotus on a beach with your eyes closed and you know like in some kind of hand mudra it's that is not meditation it's 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 a focused attention. It's it's putting your attention onto one thing rather than a million things. Yeah, um, a lot of athletes actually are in a meditative state. A lot of top performers are told to use that. I mean, in business, CEOs they use meditation. There's um, 
Well, Tim Ferriss has a book out which uh, the name escapes me, Tools of Titans maybe, and they like many of the people in that book talk about meditation being a primary tool that they use in running a successful business. Yeah, it's just it, it seems it's mind-boggling to me that it isn't a part of something we do as children like in our education system. Uh, hopefully this is changing though. So, yeah, I the one thing that I have um, picked up from your story is the um, the move to the more feminine energy um, and that balancing, which I think is something you talk about as well on your website as being a big part of um, what you've your journey, I guess. But that in a world that's so um, masculine, yang energy focused, and all about action, action, action. Um, it's, it's not as, it's not something that we learn how to use this stillness, the power of stillness and rest and of introspection and these, um, going through a, a yin and a yang period and just how important that is for actually achieving what we most desire. Has that been your experience? Yeah. I mean, I would say I was like typical, um, masculine, <laughs> energy for so long um to the point where I'm absolutely sure it had a huge impact on my own um like my menstruation and my feminine like my female hormones um I I was I was in that go 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 action 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 there was no there was no acceptance of the cyclical way of moving through my day through my month um, I just completely disconnected from that part of that, you know, being a woman, um, and all the magic that that brings. And, uh, and I, I probably was like that from very, very young. Um, well, not like super young, but probably from my teens, because again, you know, being with the horses and things like that, much as you have to be very intuitive with them, it was, it, you, you know, you showed up, you, it was competitive. Um, it was, there was that kind of, there was that masculine energy and, and I, I was that person that got stuff done. You know, I, I made stuff happen and I was always kind of celebrated for my work ethic and my ability to work really hard. People used to praise me for how hard I worked and I'd juggle like six jobs at a time and I'd work from dusk till dawn and at 18, 19, your body can take it. But at 30, it, it really can't. Um, so there was like a real... Um, a real sense of having to accept my body and what I, my capabilities. And I really started to, um, embrace the feminine side. Um, and I don't mean necessarily, you know, all kind of flowers and fluffiness on that side of things. Um, I still default to the masculine energy because it's in my nature. It's been there for so long. It's really hard to just move away from that. But I'm so much more aware of the feminine energy. But it's not just the love and light feminine energy. It's that darker, shadowy side that we're all very scared to show. And and in embracing that, that's where I've started to feel my true calling and my passion and my purpose. That's where the fire in the belly has come. And that's only been in the last, I would say, the last couple of months that has, that has really started to that I've allowed it to raise up and come to the surface. And would you say that um, with the, you know, your own natural flow, feminine flow and cycle that, you know, there's definitely, you find that connection with your truth at certain times throughout the cycle and with your natural hormone fluctuation, because that's something that I've found just really embracing those periods when you feel like that naturally, it's different for everyone, um, rather than every single day being expected to be operating on this 24 hour cycle. And, um, you know, some days might be, yeah, I want to, I want to have lots of action, but other days I'm really connected with who I am and my truth. And that's a wonderful day to really reflect on, okay, well, where am I going with my life? Where am I going with my business? What might need to change? And really tapping into those natural ebbs and flows. Yeah, so um, I I kind of consider myself as slightly um, 
I'm not, I don't like to work, say the word abnormal, but my, my cycle, um, actually, well, until, um, three or four weeks ago, I hadn't had a menstrual bleed for four years. Um, yeah. So basically, um, as I said, I can, it was like five or six years ago that I started to shift and change. And at the same time, my period started to slow down. Um, I got diagnosed with polycystic ovaries. Um, I got, you know, there wasn't anything major. I didn't have anything like majorly going on, but they, they scanned me and I had cysts on my ovaries. And then four years ago, around the same time I damaged my back, my period stopped completely. Um, so I, that was a huge, huge awakening for me. And it took until it was literally three, four weeks ago, um, new moon, last new moon, and we're just coming up to the new moon. Um, I had my first natural menstrual bleed in four years. Now they tried to put me on the pill. I tried that once and I was like, no, because I'd come off of it quite a long time before, um, they gave me some progesterone a couple of times because they told me I had to have a withdrawal bleed. Everything felt so wrong. I tried everything I was supposed to do. You know, I tried herbalist. I tried all these different tactics to get my period back. And, yeah, until I started to actually allow myself to st – I started tracking via the moon because um, I felt really disconnected from being a woman because I didn't have this bleed and I would read all this stuff about tapping into your cyclical energy and I just felt like I didn't, it was just another, it was another kind of trigger to when you're younger and you're like, I don't belong. You know, it was like that same feeling of, yeah, but I'm not like everyone else. Um, so I had to really I had to, I just had to put so much trust in myself and my body. Um, and I really do believe that it was down to this big disconnect from myself, from my womb, from my, um, from the darker shadow parts of my, myself. Um, and when I started to track and actually, uh, it was around the same time, I also started to meditate every single day for longer periods of time. And I, I don't know if that was, but I think it had a big impact because it would have definitely reduced the stress hormone response. Um, I, yeah, and I, and I put on weight, you know, I'm bigger than I was. Um, all of these things I'm sure have impacted that, that bleed coming back. And I don't know when it's going to come back again. Um, I, I have no idea. I'm, I'm just, again, I'm kind of having to surrender, but I, it's taught me so, so much. And I feel like I've known there's the cycle, but I, I almost didn't allow myself to track it because I felt, well, you know, there's no point. I'm not normal. I'm not like everyone else. It's not going to work. And as soon as I started to actually take note of that, I, I did notice the fluctuations and this month particularly having had a bleed I've been really really conscious of my energy levels and it's been very up and down I have to say it's been a really intense month and hardly surprising having that kind of release after four years <laughs> um, and it and it was you know it 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 was kind of like a 10-day bleed as well so it was it was pretty intense but it was beautiful uh, you know I so I was going to say, it sounds beautiful. Like the relief that you must have felt just having that, because I know that's something I feel each month right before I bleed. And, um, and actually I, like you, I I've had issues with my cycles. I've got endometriosis and that's what's, um, started me on my journey into being more in tune with my own body and my health. But that, yeah, that, that, feeling like something is wrong with you is um, it will actually, it's just another example of something that's seemingly a, um, a really bad thing happening, actually being a blessing in disguise. Yeah. I mean, it's taught me so much. I know I wouldn't have come to this work had I not gone through that process. And, and I'm at this point in, in my work where I know that this is the next, the next part of my evolution and, and it's, and it's beyond being a health coach it's beyond it's it's about it's about healing the feminine wound it's about allowing women to rise and 
rise in their fullness, not just in their, you know, arise through embracing both light and dark in themselves, rise through being messy and chaotic and wild, as well as shiny unicorns and glittery. You know, when you feel like it, it's it's the contrast, it's such a beautiful contrast. And that feels so, I'm so passionate about sharing that. And when I, um, at the time I bled, I was reading Goddess Wisdom. Um, is it Goddess? Yeah, I think it's Goddess Wisdom, Tanishka. Um, and I was reading about menarche when, um, you know, when a woman, a girl first gets their first period. And, the, and the, the process that usually happens and the lack of education about what is actually happening to our bodies from an emotional point of view and a hormonal point of view, not just from a, okay, you're going to start bleeding. Here's a sanitary towel. Here's a tampon. Like that's it. Um, it, it, it made me so like angry and upset that, that girls are being shamed. And I remembered, you know, going, I remembered that, that first day that I was bleeding, walking around the corridors at school thinking everyone can see blood. Everyone can tell, Oh my God, I'm so ashamed. All of this stuff. And, and in bleeding again, it gave me a chance to actually relive that experience. So I treated myself like a princess. I bought myself a necklace to celebrate as like my blood necklace. I, I rested. My husband was really supportive and I just, I just let it happen. And yeah, I had to do stuff. You know, I had work. I had things I had to do, but I was, I was honoring the process throughout the whole, the whole time. Um, and it was such a, it was such a beautiful experience. So that, yeah, I mean, I guess that that's where that fire in my belly has really been lit again. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting how this connection with your body and these discoveries that we keep making about ourselves is what really catapults you into the next, okay, well, this is something, this is the, the next path that I need to take. And that, that is why it's forever changing because you're learning about yourself and you don't know what you don't know until you have that before you. But yeah, the education about uh, menstruation and the feminine cycle, like the whole cycle, not just you're, you're not bleeding and you bleed, um, is I, I think it's, it's baffling how in 2017, um, end of 2017, going into 2018, this isn't something that children, uh, boys and girls get more education about. And even when it comes to masculine and feminine energy for both, regardless of gender and how to tap into both of those, because it really does the powers that you have, um, when you do balance, that is really incredible. Um, and yes, but I, I just, the power that there is in working with your own natural flow, however that looks, I, I've just, I found that life changing seriously and so powerful yeah no I I completely agree and even without the without a bleed you know I've I've found so much power in in the emotional uh, like the change in emotions and honoring that and and just and just accepting that you know we we're not the same all the time and I used to get frustrated you know why oh I had all this energy yesterday and I was doing this and this why am I not able to do that today, but actually it's just understanding that flow of energy in and out and energy out. And, and I've spent so long depleted and not, not full, um, that, yeah, that, that, that every kind of slight release of energy then, then me leaves me lacking. So now it's becomes, it's become my main priority to fill myself up. Um, which has been, again, it's such a big lesson to learn. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, we, and having been that person that's been celebrated for, for working every hour under the sun and, you know, seeing that as such a positive thing to then go and say, actually, I'm going to lie on the sofa and watch Heartland for a day, um, (laughs) which is my guilty pleasure. Um, I, um, yeah, that's, that's been really hard. And I still feel like I should be doing something or, um, you know, is my husband going to think I'm lazy or, or, you know, all these, 
these things come into my mind and I just I feel like there has to be a change because otherwise we are not going to survive <laughs> we will not you know there's more women burning out there's more women with um with menstrual issues um and hormonal issues and there's also you know more more men burning out more men with mental health issues like there is such an imbalance in both men and women and in the masculine and feminine and yeah as you said earlier it's regardless of gender um we all have masculine and feminine energy there's such an imbalance in it that we it's no wonder there is so much illness and dis-ease Yes, exactly. I, uh, a quote I like, which I think is from the Abrahams, is um, dis-ease equals disease. <laughs> so like to go back to the beginning of our conversation, actually, when you're talking about when you notice something physically is wrong or mentally is wrong, that is a sign that you're not in alignment That uh, and to be grateful for those signs. So to be grateful for your anxiety, which might sound ridiculous to someone listening, but really all these things that, as I mentioned as well before, that seem like a really terrible thing at the time are actually potentially a blessing in disguise for you and definitely a prompt to go in inside, go inwards and um, speak to yourself, get to know what's behind what I'm feeling. What do I need to change? Where do I need to go next? What would feel like fun or inspiration or what, what feels like the right next move for me? Is there, from, is there any advice that you would give your younger self from what you know <laughs> today? <laughs> oh, well, in some ways, no, because I've taken like everything I've been through has been has led me to where I am so I'm not really one of those people that believes in kind of wanting to change stuff or you know I don't have regrets um but I think I mean I just would love to just say to her you know you've got this <laughs> just just you've got this like it's gonna be okay you will be okay you know it will be hard um and and I think also just to allow her to be herself and embrace the messy parts just as much as the shiny glittery parts um and and yeah just yeah and embrace the contrast because I think that there's this illusion that we're all supposed to be sparkly all the time and it's just not the truth if you follow me on Instagram or my blogs or anything you'll see that I'm very raw and messy <laughs> and and actually probably more more often than not I'm in that space than I am in the shiny glittery unicorn space I mean I love them both yeah um, and actually for anyone listening and I will give you all of uh, Lauren's details on where to connect with her but her Instagram account and her Facebook um, her creative soul tribe Facebook group they are so wonderful and very different from what you will see on there because you do share the contrast, which I love. And I think that vulnerability people are really attracted to, and it is a gift of yours for sure. Thank you. It's, it feels sometimes it's felt like kind of business suicide. Um, <laughs> but I know I'm not in my truth. I'm not alignment if I don't share in that way. And sometimes I'm like, could you not just have given me an easier job universe? Could I not have just had like nutrition or something that was a little bit more straight? Not that nutrition is straightforward, but you know what I mean? Like, could you not have given me something? <laughs> Why do I have to do this? But I love it at the same time. I love it. It, it. It's creative. It's expressive. And I'm seeing more and more people stepping up and being inspired by that. And that just blows me away just by me being myself it's like it's it's it is actually making a difference which is incredible so it is because you give yeah. permission to other people to um, speak about these subjects as well and to even just think about them which is what's so important that's why like Instagram and all the social media it, they're so wonderful because really you never know who is reading your post and who you might change just by sharing the truth about what's going in the good, the bad and the ugly. 
Um, so one more question. What do you, what advice would you give to someone who might be at the beginning um, of their you know, working life or they might be at that stage of their life where they just have a deep yearning for something else and for purpose or for soul, whatever it is driving them, but there is this deep yearning within them for something more and they have no idea where to get started? I think curiosity um, and being open to curiosity through, and for me that's been a lot of journaling, so questions, and that's actually where I start when I'm working with clients. It's all about asking questions to help them explore themselves and where they're at. Um, It's, I would just say that, you don't have to have a perfect vision in your mind of where you're going before you start. You can just start to explore and you don't have to make big drastic changes. It's just allowing your curiosity to take you down the rabbit hole, get lost in things, um, spend time just, you know, working with what feels good, connecting back to your joy. Joy is something we are so lacking in so many areas um what you know ask yourself what brings you joy that's you know that's a really good question to start with just write down a joy list in your journal um and you know see what see what comes up and then get curious as to you know how could I bring more of these things into my life and and that will start you on that 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 motion Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, one, I like to have a list, <laughs> which I update regularly about 10 things that bring me joy that I know. And they're little things like going for a walk outside along the canal or looking outside and seeing the sun, just any, like they're so small and it's so interesting to see that the things that really bring you joy are the simple things. They're, they're, they're very small, but they may have a huge impact and are great uh, indications about what might be the right path for you or where to go next. And another question I had, which is a little bit off topic, but I think some of our listeners would love to know, do you have any daily rituals or other rituals that you use uh, regularly? Um, so I'm quite, I guess I, yeah, I mean, I do have rituals. Um, for example, gratitude journal without fail is by my bed. First thing in the morning, three things I'm grateful for. First thing in the uh, last thing at night, three things I'm grateful for. So that's like a non-negotiable. Um, I, I guess more, rather than set things, I mean, I do meditate every single day. Um, but yeah, so it's probably meditation, um, some kind of creation. So whether that's an Instagram post or whether that's a blog or whether that's, um, you know, doing something in my creative journal. So some form of creativity, um, some form of connection. So whether that's connecting with someone again on social media or in person um, and then communication. So, again, just putting putting a message of mine out there, which is usually an Instagram post or um something on my newsletter or something like that. And rather than me being bogged down to, oh, I have to do these certain things in order to start my day, I just like to incorporate those things into my day. And movement, of course. So walking, generally nature. I have things that I know make my day better. And if I don't do them, then I feel like I'm missing something. Yeah, it's that the when self-care becomes too much of a, a should do, that can be a problem. So there needs to be that, uh, that expansion too. I think one of the things we bonded about when we first met were some some of the common values we shared, which were like fun, freedom and fulfillment. So even when it comes to self-care, that freedom and that creative outlet, or even with just connecting, you know, not um, maybe not even knowing who you're connecting with that day, but making sure it's something you do. Um, yeah, I totally agree with all of that. With, with my, th- this is the last question, and um, it's just what's in store for Lauren Barber in 2018. <laughs> well, that's a really good question because I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> I mean, I have some plans. Um, I am running a couple of retreats. Yes, they look amazing. I'm hoping (laughs) to go to one of them. 
that would be amazing. Um, yeah, I've got three retreats in France. I'm actually teaching on a retreat in Spain, a hiking and yoga retreat in Spain. Um, I've got things like a creative journaling workshop. I will do some retreats, some like half day retreats. Um, I'll do some online courses, like probably some yoga and meditation. Um, the main thing I think I really want to focus on is just my writing. Um, and I, and I, I genuinely don't know where it's going to take me. I just know that if I keep, um, in alignment and keep focusing on the things that fulfill me, um, then it will take me to amazing places. So I'm kind of, Oh, and there is one thing I'm actually doing. I'm that's booked. So I know it's happening. Yeah. Is, um, I'm doing my womb yoga teacher training. <gasps> Oh, I'm yeah. going to a womb yoga class this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited about that. So that's, yeah, a five-day intensive in February um, where I will be, yeah, learning about all sorts of women's wellness through yoga, breath work, meditation, yoga nidra, mudras. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. So I know that there is definitely going to be an element of women's wellness and, um embracing all aspects of ourselves and that's as much as I know that's beautiful surrender trust (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) I will (laughs) well Lauren thank you so much for sharing this space with us today I know that there is so much in here that will help um, our listeners and that have helped me and um yeah so just really truly thank you for being here thank you so much for inviting me on it's been an honor so there it is my friends i hope you enjoyed that incredible conversation with the wonderful lauren barber you can find her work over at www.laurenbarber.co and also connect with lauren on instagram or facebook at laurenbarber.co And don't forget about her wonderful Facebook group, the Creative Soul Tribe, which is for soulpreneurs and magical business creators. Honestly, guys, it's one of my favorite Facebook groups to be a part of. It really is an absolute honor to be a part of it. And I love uh, going in there and contributing each week. Um, you can also find the show notes for this episode over at www.letitiaringe.com forward slash Lauren Barber. And finally, if you haven't already, please make sure you leave a review for this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you also haven't already, subscribe. And you can also subscribe for my weekly Create a Life That Is Beautiful newsletter over at my website. Next up, I have an exciting interview coming up with a person who is one of the closest people in my life, and we'll be hearing about how a spiritual path can help you uncover your truth and purpose in the world. Have a beautiful week, my friends, and I'll see you on the next episode with another story to help you unlock your truth and purpose within you.